Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Talking camp battles and a look back at the second preseason game of the year, this is Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Grizzlies, everybody. My name is Peter Edmiston. Happy to be with you here as we wrap up this week. A pretty quiet week, all things considered, for uh, the Grizzlies. A couple preseason games, but nothing major to report. A little movement in camp, but nothing spectacular. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss that, uh, among other things. An interesting signing for the Memphis Hustle as well. And we'll talk about camp battles, though. That is the discussion that we will get into here momentarily. As always, this uh, podcast brought to you by our friends over at Outdoors, Inc. I love Outdoors, Inc. Go to OutdoorsInc.com and use the promo code LOGRIZZLIES at checkout, and you're going to save 10% off your entire order. They've been doing this since 1974, guys. So over 40 years, Outdoors, Inc. has been investing in an era of outdoor exploration in Memphis. That means... They care about the city, they care about the community, they care about you, and guess what? If you're not in Memphis, it's okay. You can still order at OutdoorsInc.com, use that promo code LOGRIZZLIES, and save money. Great brands, industry-leading brands, Patagonia, North Face, Birkenstock, Yeti, Arcturix, just to name a few, plenty more. They're all there for you at their five area locations, including Jackson, and of course, online at OutdoorsInc.com. The best part is the people. The people have been doing the same thing you've been doing. You've been biking, cycling, hiking, backpacking, kayaking, you name it, it's all there. They've been doing it too. They love it just like you do, and they're willing to help you with anything and everything that's possible. They have the best people in the business. Go to OutdoorsInc.com, use that promo code LOGRIZZLIES to save 10% off your entire order, and go see them in person if you happen to be in the Memphis area. Well, that's really the easiest thing to do. Go see them because they got awesome folks, fun stores, really great to look at. And you're going to find something that you like over at Outdoors, Inc. So Camp Battles now after two games, Grizzlies winners in both. Um, not that that is a major priority, but uh, with uh, Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley not playing in the second preseason game and Mark not playing in the first one either, it has given the young players an opportunity to uh, show something and have a little more time to, to operate. And that, that is, that's a benefit. Um, and that's important. And so when you go back and watch these games, as I have, you need to kind of, you know, look, look for that and look for those guys that are, that are highlighted in a different role and see how that affects the way the camp battle is, is going to go. And I think that's, that's an area where the discussion has to start for me, because if you look, for example, at the point guard situation, obviously Mike Conley's going to start behind him, Mario Chalmers, uh, though he did not play quite as well against Philly as he did in the uh, opener against the Magic, he still played quite well, physically looks very good, um, no, n- no worries, no red flags, no issues. You know, He has come back pretty much where he left off, uh, which is uh, amazing considering the severity of his injury. And so w- with that in mind, if he comes back like that, then it's, it's a no-brainer. He's certainly going to be the backup point guard. That means that the battle between 
Wade Baldwin and Andrew Harrison shifts from backup point guard to third point guard. And to me, that distinction, though it may seem small, actually changes a lot about how that battle is going to have to be judged. Because, look, let's be honest. Thus far, two games in, Wade Baldwin has looked a little better. A little bit. Still, to me, doesn't look like he's anywhere close to being a contributor at the NBA level on a consistent basis. Still looks like he has major issues defensively. Still makes poor decisions with the basketball. Um, you know, he, as I say, he's shown some some improvement. So I, I I'm not trying to disparage the guy because I think he has gotten better. But you know, the progress that you would want to see from a middle first round draft pick with the kind of physical tools that he's got, I don't think he's made that. I don't think that's been there. You're kind of judging him on a curve if you say, well, he's you know he's he's looked in, he's looked improved and he looks like the, you, 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 let's be honest, you're not you're not really seeing the kind of improvement that you'd want to see from a guy like that at this point. He's better, but not that much better. So that's a concern. Now, Andrew Harrison, on the other hand, I think has looked uh, pretty darn good. Looks more or less like the same guy as last year. Guy, I think he's probably shown a little improvement on the offensive end. Similar defensively, although that's not going to really show up too much in the preseason. Uh, you know what you're going to get with him, a much more consistent contributor. He beat out uh, Wade Baldwin last year. And you know on the court that he's going to give you a certain level of performance that that, that you can count on, uh, even if that means he's better with Mike Conley. That was true last year, certainly. And he's not a guy that you can run your offense through, uh, you know, have him be your primary you know, playmaker and you know distributor or anything like that. But he's a guy that you can also – give the ball to, and it, the, the house is not going to completely burn down. You know, he's at least solid. With with Baldwin, you don't know what you're going to get. So that is a, a feather in his cap in that comparison. But remember, remember the stakes of the battle. Remember what they're actually fighting for. The third point guard spot. Not the backup point guard spot. The third point guard spot. Now, what is the third point guard going to do? How much are you going to see the third point guard on the floor? Mm, ideally, not all that much. Maybe a little here and there. Um, you know, Maybe when the Grizzlies go with two point guard sets, maybe you'll see the third because of some you know, fatigue. You know, Mario Chalmers, you would assume, is probably going to not be able to play uh, all 82. Mike Conley's not going to play all 82. So you know, those minutes will then go uh, to the third point guard. So, you'll, so they will play, but not... A lot, and certainly not as much as last year for, in the case of Andrew Harrison. That changes the battle, in my mind. You go with a guy that, yeah, you know, you're going to see him play, but not not a ton. And you're not going to rely on him to be extra solid. So in that case, and especially given the proximity now of the Memphis hustle to the, to the, the Grizzlies, the fact that you can send a player down and call him back up very, very quickly, same day, no problem. You can you have guys really work on on their game down in the G League and then come right back up and play in the NBA, and it, it will be a seamless process, ten minute drive. You know that that is a huge, huge bonus uh, for the team, and I think that's actually a, a a real push in the direction of Wade Baldwin, and that's why you know as much as we talk about 
the position and the battle and all of that. Just remember, this is not a meritocracy. This battle is not about strictly who is the better player, who is the more effective player even. That's not really what this is about. This battle is about investment, and it's not a fair fight. Wade Baldwin comes into that band. If it, if it comes down to a strictly either-or situation with Baldwin and Harrison, either-or, you got to pick one, you got to cut the other, then it's not a fair fight. Baldwin has, he starts on, you know, like the 45-yard line, whereas, you know, Andrew Harrison's back at his own 10, and he's got to go all the way down the field. Baldwin has a huge advantage because of being a first-round pick and because of the expectation and the hope that they have and the, the possibility of physical development. Whereas Harrison, I think, is perceived to be pretty much what he is, maybe getting a little bit better, but certainly nowhere near the ceiling of uh, Baldwin. Now, that's, is that fair? Uh, you know, Maybe, maybe not, but that's, that's the, the nature of the battle. And with that third point guard, knowing that you're not going to need that player to play as much this year, presumably, then you have to lean towards development. You have to lean to, in my mind at least, you have to lean towards development. Which player can develop? Which player is actually going to have that development possibility? Which player can you look at from an upside standpoint? And in that vein, that's Baldwin. Again, uh, that's not Andrew Harrison. It's no knock on Harrison because he's an effective player, but he's not the development guy. You can send Baldwin, if Baldwin's your third point guard, you can send him down to play tons of games in the G League and get the kind of actual on-ball, you know, on-court action that he needs, and then make sure that he's still available to play for you if needed uh, with the Grizzlies on a on a regular basis. That will be much, much easier with the proximity of the team. So to me, that's a pretty much a, a, a no-brainer there. You know, he gets the advantage in that category. If you thought this guy was going to play a lot, then you'd have to lean towards Andrew Harrison. Or if you thought that Wade Baldwin is a busted flush, if you think that he's just not, you just have no faith that he's actually going to develop into anything, if you think he's ultimately just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fruitless exercise to try to get anything out of him, then you go with Andrew Harrison. But otherwise, it's, it's a pretty simple battle for me, and it's Wade Baldwin. It's not fair to Andrew Harrison because as of right now, he's the better player, and he's proven more and he's done more, but it isn't a fair fight. Now, does the organization agree? That remains to be seen. Um, but I would suspect so. And I think that Wade Baldwin has a major advantage when it comes to that battle, which is why I've always thought that Harrison is going to be cut over Baldwin any day of the week. The other battle that's interesting is the one involving, you know, the backup bigs. And here's another example of a guy that I don't know whether it's, you know, late bloomer or whether it's situational. Um, but Jarrell Martin has looked really good. He was great in the first preseason game and didn't play as much in the second one, but looked okay. He's looked lively. He's been active. He looks very quick and looks like he can, you know, slot in that tweener three, four role without too much difficulty, can maybe defend at a higher level and a little bit quicker than, than we thought. You know, he has put a lot of those other bigs on notice, you know, particularly Deontay Davis, that, you know, you got to play better. You got to play harder and you got to earn that spot been a big, big surprise for me and, and an impressive one from, from Jarrell Martin. Now, does that get him a spot on the team? Does that undo the thought that he is going to end up being waived? 
I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if that, that, that die has already been cast and Martin's just fighting against the current here or, or whether that is still an open discussion. I do know that, again, positionally, you have to start thinking about what, what that role is and how much time is actually going to be spent in that position. Because, you know, to me, things have changed a little bit. And, and take a step back when you're looking at that battle and think about a different sort of discussion. And it's not about, you know, whether a guy's going to make the team or not, because Chandler Parsons is going to make the team. But it's about what his role is going to be on the team. First two games because of, well, at least ostensibly because Jermichael Green uh, didn't play in the first game and didn't start in the second game, Chandler Parsons started at the four. David Fisdell wanting to take a look at what Chandler Parsons at the four would look like with that team. And it was an interesting approach, and I I think Chandler, uh, he looked better, but still not anywhere close to, you know, the impact guy that that, that would justify a max contract. He's not going to get there, at least not anytime soon, uh, if ever. You have to lower your expectations about what Chandler Parsons can do. And we saw an offense that he's going to play that playmaking four role. But if that's the case, then who's the three? Is Chandler Parsons athletic enough to start at the three? Is he athletic enough to play alongside Jermichael Green at the three? I guess we'll find out. Presumably, those lineups will be looked at next week, uh, starting on Monday with the Atlanta game. But you know, until we see that, I don't, I don't know that the the physical tools that he's got are going to merit him being a full time three anymore. Um, I, I think he looks you know, to me. He, he still looks uh, a step or two slow. The, the leap is not there. Finishing is a little bit better, uh, but he still looks labored and would appear, at least to me, to be better defensively as a four, you know, being able to deal with uh, you know, guys that aren't as quick. That, that, that would be his spot where he could still you know, perform and still be able to give you something in that role, but um, you know, not be expected to be as dynamic as you would think from the three spot. I think the, the assumption that he is going to be a full-time three is... I don't know. And you, you kind of think, well, where, where are you going to play him? Can you start him at the four? No, nah, maybe, maybe he comes off the bench as the, the backup four with you know, Brandon Wright playing the five because Brandon Wright has played you know, really well to start you know, preseason. I, I think that, that Parsons situation will play a big role in what happens with the battle for backup big minutes because if he himself becomes one of those backup bigs, you know, he's going to have priority. Um, just from a political standpoint, you know, he was essentially forced into the lineup last year. I, I'm not, I don't think he'd be forced in this year, but I think, you know, priority would certainly be given to him uh, over a lot of those guys. And, and, and you know, and for, for good reason, because he can play make in a way that, that, that a lot of those guys can't. He can provide you with, you know, certainly spacing that most of those guys are not going to be able to give you. But, if Jerome Martin keeps playing like this, his ability to run the floor, because that's the reason why he was drafted, he hadn't really shown any sign of being able to figure out what his role is in the NBA until this preseason, where you've, you've seen him now be able to run the floor, be able to hit an outside shot from time to time, be able to get to the basket, defend those multiple positions, and look really dynamic. It looks like he's lost some weight. He finally looks healthy on that foot. And you, you see some of the things that he can do. And he looks like a very interesting prospect, um, given given that. And that, that really fits 
the criteria that David Fisdale uh, happened to be looking for, David Fisdale is looking for in that particular role. He fits it pretty well, which maybe that changes the 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 criteria of that backup point guard or that backup big rather. Maybe that changes the criteria of that position. Maybe that changes the role, and maybe it forces a little bit of a rethink and a reshuffle about what they're looking for. Maybe Jarrell's closer than they think. Maybe Jarrell fits that a little bit better than than they thought. Deontay Davis for me has not really looked. Um, as good as I would have hoped. I think he was better uh, against Philadelphia. There were a few athletic defensive plays that you saw. Uh, you know, he helped to force a turnover on one end, runs the floor, and uh, you know he was able to finish, which was nice. He had a little 18-foot jump shot, which was nice to see. He ran hard uh, all the way down, ran about 80 feet to block a shot on the, on the other side of the floor. That was good to see because that's certainly – the kind of athleticism that, that that he needs to show and he's capable of. But those moments to me were still a little few and far between for a guy that you want to see develop. He is still very young, very young, even by, you know, rookie standards, he's young. There are m- most rookies that came in this year are going to be older than, than Deontay Davis. You have to bear that in mind when you think about his development. You have to bear that in mind when you think about the expectation. But he's a guy that they want to, to perform. They need to perform. They need him to step up and show some things. So the fact that he's been, uh, I would say, a mixed bag is a little is a little disconcerting. I do not expect, no matter what happens, that Davis would ever be cut to keep Jarrell Martin. I just don't think that that could happen. Um, you know, Brandon Wright has looked extremely good. Yeah, I know that there was a lot of look, a lot of talk about moving Brandon Wright, and you know he was not terribly happy about the way things went last year. But you know he and David Fisdale had a long discussion and uh, met this off season. Seemed to have hashed things out, and everything is trending in the right direction. He's shown some more versatility. He's shown uh, a, a little bit of a jump shot. He's been better defensively, from what I can tell. He looks a little bit more dynamic. Looks healthy. He's going to play a lot of the, those minutes as that um, that third big. So behind him, you go back to this sort of development type situation, and, and and who's going to get you know those minutes? And if Chandler Parsons is going to play a lot of four, then it goes back to development again, and it could be that Jarrell Martin gets squeezed um, as the expectation was, just because of development, the fact that he's three years older than Deontay Davis. I do think that Martin has shown enough to be intriguing, though, and uh, I, I think if he gets cut, I think somebody else around the league is going to take a flyer on him. I don't know, you know, roster-wise, it may have to be a you know, two-way deal or it may have to be, um, you know, a, a, a non-guarantee or G League or something like that, but I, I think he would get plenty of looks around the league. I don't think he's a guy that would end up, you know, having to go play internationally or anything like that. I think I think he can play. He's shown that he can play. Uh, in the NBA, he just has to do it consistently and has to stay healthy. But ultimately, you know, all of the discussion, all the talk, everything that goes around, it, it comes back to the numbers. And the Grizzlies have two more cuts that they have to make, assuming that Mario Chalmers is going to make the team. You've already seen Troy Daniels be traded. That was one guy that had to be eliminated, and he was. You know, are they trying to uh, showcase 
Jarrell Martin to the point where they can get a deal involving a trade exception for him. You know, something like that. You know, maybe you could trade him into space and do something similar to the you know, Troy Daniels deal. Maybe to avoid that cut. If you showcase him enough, perhaps. Could you do that with Andrew Harrison? Maybe so. I, I would say probably not, but but it's it's out there. You know, that's that's another thing that you have to factor in with what the Grizzlies are doing. You 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 don't want to just give up on those guys until you absolutely have to. You don't want to just kill that money off until you absolutely have to. But it's getting to the point where you're 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 gonna have to. I mean, we are we are a week and a half away from opening night. Uh, the season is very quickly approaching, sneaking up on us. Feels still way too early, and yet we are very, very close indeed because of the new schedule and uh, how they have uh, pledged to start things a week and a half for two weeks prior to the norm. So, yeah, we are, we're here, which means these decisions are coming up very, very quickly, and we'll find out what they do. Interesting little tidbit is Austin Nichols, uh, former University of Memphis Tiger player, former University of Virginia, and I mean <laughs> very brief stint with the University of Virginia, uh, has signed a deal with the Memphis Hustle to uh, be part of the team, and, and they're, they're going to take a look at him, and it just makes sense. He's a local kid who's got a lot of skill, and uh, you know Chris Wallace favored. He's a former five-star. That, you, you know, you know the, they love that. You know he loves a former five-star. Uh, will he be able to do much of anything? I don't know. I mean, no one's really seen much of him, and he's had his off-the-court travails. Uh, for a while now. So uh, can he perform? It's certainly worth taking a flyer on. Don't know the details of exactly what is the expectation and uh, what that deal will look like for him, but he is going to play and you are going to get an opportunity to see uh, the young man from Memphis. And if you want to go down there and check it out, you can go down to South Haven. Those of you that are in the Memphis area, it's super easy little drive. Head on down there and uh, check him out. And uh, hustle season is starting very, very soon as well. Minor bit of business from the Grizzlies, and I do mean minor. It is as minor a bit of business as is humanly possible to have, but the Grizzlies waived Jeremy Morgan and signed Duran Scott in training camp. This will have zero impact on your life. It will have zero impact on your family's life. It will have zero impact on your fandom of the Grizzlies, but it will impact Duran Scott, who gets a nice little paycheck to come in for camp for a few days and uh, help out a little bit, and it will... Uh, be an impact for the Grizzlies to maybe take a look at the guy who is uh, a 27-year-old player, uh, played in Italy last year, played in the tournament, that big $2 million uh, thing. He played actually uh, as a teammate of Josh Selby, former Grizz, in that particular event, and um, is a former University of Miami Hurricane, is a, a solid player, good solid camp guy, and I assume they're bringing him in just to kind of uh, be a, a body in camp and to provide a, a role and maybe maybe down the line get him in the system and take a look at him with a hustle or something like that if they really like what they see. Uh, but this is uh, a signing that did happen. It occurred. It was a thing that did actually happen. It necessitated a press release. And so uh, I'm going to talk to you about it right now. Here's what I have further to add. Okay. We'll keep going with uh, Locked on Grizzlies 
next week with a lot more on the preseason and start to gear up for the regular season because, yes, it is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, it is almost here. As always, get in touch on Twitter. I am at Peter Edmiston. You can follow me there. I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to send me a message anytime, and uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Subscribing, rating, five-star rating would be uh, really lovely and appreciated. I know you don't have to. And I know it's kind of a pain uh, to take the time to do it, but it does mean a lot, and I would really appreciate it if you enjoy the pod to let folks know that you uh, that you liked it and you found it and to help them find it too. Until next week, enjoy yourself. You've been listening to Locked on Grizzlies. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.